Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours period. End of story. There's no six or 12 month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go at your own pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. Diving into today's episode with my good friend, Michael Page. Michael Page is a yoga specialist and body worker and also essential oil specialist and fanatic, um, essential oil enthusiast who has a really great kind of modality for how he does body work. He uses a raindrop technique with the essential oils and essentially placing essential oils, dripping them on each chakra of your spine and really cool things like that. And Michael is just an incredible human being, an incredible human with a focus on holistic healing, on 
emotional health, on healing the physical body through the body work practice that he does. And he actually healed some traumatic physical issues himself. And we talk about that in the first part of the journey that we take together. And I really wanted to bring him on because he has a unique perspective and an incredible vibration that he holds in communication and conversation. And it translates so well, so well in our conversation. Really, this conversation is all about human potential. And it really is about how do we live an untethered life, but not a detached life, just an untethered life, meaning we are not tethered to the demands and the conditioning of a fast-paced, rush-rush society that's constantly trying to keep us busy. But how do we stay centered? How do we stay in a yogic state of meditative action and stay focused on what our priorities are? What are our goals? What are our dreams? What are our higher visions for our life? And also staying disciplined in the active meditation of life, staying centered, you know, staying in our sweet spot. We talk about a lot of that, that kind of thing. And in some of Michael's personal routines for how he stays centered and stays healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, let's jump in with Michael Page. Transforming and evolving continuously, upgrades upon upgrades, layers wicking away, and masks, barriers being stripped. Here before you, a yogi, entrepreneur, healer, love warrior, and dream weaver, forever shining upon light and belief that we are worthy of love, of receiving all the best life has to offer, and giving all the best this life has to offer. This is the message of Michael Page. How you doing? Amazing, man. Thank you, man. I feel inspired just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I love that. And uh, I, I love, it's so funny, like when I hear, when I remodel kind of my own quote unquote bio, like, and I hear it repeated back to me if I'm on like a podcast or I'm being introduced and somebody's really feeling it. And when they speak it, it's almost like, whoa, uh, who are they bringing on? I wonder like, they're like, oh, it's me. Okay. Yeah, right. I want to be around that guy. That sounds great. Yeah. Now I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to share you and your message with my audience and everyone else that that will inevitably trickle into this conversation. Um, for everyone listening, uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, you're just an amazing human being. Like, I, I don't know what else to say beyond that. Like, we, we met synchronistically, a mutual friend, someone that I had met very recently um, in the community here in Encinitas, just paired us up together one day <laughs> in the, the cafe. I was doing my work, you were doing your thing. We're sitting right next to each other, but we had <laughs> never met. And then he's like, oh, hey, by the way, you two should probably meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from there, it was just like, you know, it's one of those those alliances that gets formed out of synchronicity and you wonder you know like uh it's like wow i can't imagine that i didn't know this person before yeah absolutely it makes me feel what came through there is like a fusion of dynamite 
together. Right. It just sparked. Like, oh yeah, welcome. You've only been here a few months. I've only been here a few years. Let's let's get together. Yeah. And I love that. So yeah, thank you for having me on here, Ronnie. Super excited to to be on the first podcast ever. So a lot of great things unfolding. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, the best place to start for all of us here is um, how did you get started on your journey doing what you would probably consider now to be your passion and purpose? Mm, yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question, and it's, uh, he goes, where to start? <laughs> well, there was my father, <laughs> and you know, when I, when I think of that question, my passion and my purpose, and you know, really, I found that passion and purpose just a couple years ago, and it's still like a, a reliving, a remodeling of that every day. And my biggest purpose that I found now is becoming a healer. See, I used to box back back in the day and used to think of working out as a Hulk mentality mm. and not listen to my body and just keep pushing, 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 which was a great recipe for injuries mm. and um, self-hatred <laughs> wow. and, and getting pissed off at myself and other people and things like that. So uh, the, the, the move here just a couple years ago from the East Coast in uh, Boston, New Hampshire, and upstate New York, that uh, found me with injuries. I had back issues. I had, had uh, my L4 and L5 discs were mm. shot. Looked like a 50-year-old back. And you can't see me, but I'm 29 years old now. About to be 30 next month. Woo! And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was 230 pounds mm. and way overweight for a five foot nine being. And so from there, the doctor said, yeah, you're either going to need cortisone shots or surgery. And uh, I said, what, what are the other options? He said, lose weight. <laughs> I think I'll take the I'll take the latter. <laughs> and for me, I love food. I love eating. I love traveling. I love community. I love how food brings people together. And um, I grew up poor and not having a lot of good quality food. And Graham said, you know, eat what's in front of you, and you're lucky to have this. And so that's that was my mentality for a long time. And so being out here, I got to be around really healthy, amazing people, and it started to shift my paradigm of leaning into the softer sides of my character and myself, uh, really uh, yoga mm. helped that out. Mm -hmm. And so with yoga and inversion table, a friend had talked about a raindrop technique, which is a massage with essential oils that helps any kind of spinal injury, scoliosis. And I was on it. I said, I haven't been able to sleep for four days because of my sciatic pain and back injury. So I got on that, blew my mind, and from the corporate world, I transitioned into yoga, entrepreneurial world, and raindrop technique and massage. Mm. And so, organic and healthy, and just taking on the, the California vibes. Well, so, you used to be a lot angrier then. Mm. Like, I don't sense any iota <laughs> of... of um, anger or or any of those kind of vibrations in you so that's curious i'm curious about that and i definitely relate to that very much i grew up as a martial artist i was uh pursuing a professional fighting career when i was 19 i i had i had either the choice to to go full-time as an olympic taekwondo competitor 
or I could go into K1 kickboxing. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you know who Kung Lee is. Yeah. Um, but I was in the Bay Area, and I um, I knew that whole group of people, that kind of the Filipino connection in San right. Jose and Milpitas <laughs> and all that. And I was – and I had contact with him, and I was actually considering, like, <clears throat> wow, like, maybe that would be a path for me. There's all kinds of ego and validation associated with it. But, like, after watching some of those matches, I realized very quickly I was like – that's not for me. I don't. I don't want to get my nose broken. I don't particularly want to break anyone else's nose. I just want to compete for the love of it. So I chose Taekwondo. But um, but I, I remember being angry and trying to find a source in a vehicle for my angst. So mm. I'm curious, like, how did you move through some of those issues? I love picturing you as this badass fighter there, Ronnie. <laughs> it's not a picture most people get to see nowadays. But you know, maybe if we go and in, go into the gym or something. <laughs> I got some mitts here, you know, we can throw on the, the gloves sure. and spar sash. <laughs> I still love it. No, I appreciate you bringing up that that point in it and it brings up a lot of emotions, but now it's uh not quite so much charge. Mm. And uh you know, back in the day i grew up i was born in the philippines left when i was six uh mom uh had raised me upon me off to my grandparents and different family from time to time i knew uh tagalog and a, a language called Visian or Visian. i don't even know a language that my mom didn't even know because i was just passed around from family to family mm. throughout six years old and then dad was in the navy and he picked my mother and me up and a, a volcano had erupted in the philippines in 1991 1992 mount pinatubo and it evacuated millions of people from the Philippines. Wow. And so he brought my, my mother and me to America in the hopes and the dream that we were going to be a happy family. And anyways, <clears throat> one month later, she ends up leaving, and which I thought was because of uh, the cold weather. It was, it was wintertime here in the Philippines. It's tropical. She was 20 years old when I was six years old. Mm. And that was her first time being away from family. And so from that point, she, came, she left the Philippines, and that was the last time I got to see her until um, 21 years ago. Or for 21 years, so until three years ago, I got to finally see her. And then dad, he drank a lot, and so he kind of pawned me off to my grandparents, grandmother, my uncle had Down syndrome, and they raised me. So it was, I just constantly passed around, and I, was, I had this, these feelings of abandonment mm. that I didn't know about. Yeah. And so how I dealt with that was being an optimist and if something happened, just throw a flower on it and it's all good. You know, just be the light in the world. You know, mm. that means you don't have any pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that was what I dealt with for a long time and just underpinning everything deep inside. And when I realized these were issues was when I was with a girlfriend and I got really wasted and drunk. And then that, those deep emotions finally came out Ooh. the, the filter left and they ended up being, which I'm sorry for past ex-girlfriends, yeah. they ended up being the grunt of the pain that I'd harbored mm. inside for my whole life. And so in college, um, I made the basketball team and I sprained my ankle within a week or two of playing. And it was awful because I was so excited to play basketball. That was my jam. And so after a month or two, I needed and I wanted to get into physical activity. I thought, what's something that I can do that doesn't involve my ankle as much? 
so of course boxing came to fruition uh-huh. and so Ithaca College in New York didn't even have a boxing place I went to the streets and it was called the GIAC the Greater Ithaca Area Community Center and it was in the it was in the basement of this community center and I swear it was like a rocky film like it was like dirty and dusty and like you could smell the water pipes and inside it was a ring and this old trainer like hey Mickey <laughs> his name's Danny <laughs> and it's like 60 years old just an old dude hunchback a little bit just hitting the mitts and this fast ass black dude in there i'm like whoa what is going on here and uh, his name william monroe jr and he's actually a badass boxer now a pro boxer uh-huh. and uh and i went in there and said hey i i want to get some physical activity i want to box and he said i'm not going to train you unless you're going to fight and i said why would i get trained if i'm not going to fight <laughs> let's do this mm-hmm. and so from that space that was my first time truly being able to unleash the tiger inside that that hulk inside that just wanted to rage out a little bit and like in a safe environment yeah and i say safe not really because i (laughs) fractured my wrist i cracked three ribs i broke three ribs and that actually is what ended up getting me out of my boxing career i got in the ring twice with willie and you know 165 pounds but he's been boxing since he was six years old that was actually my first fight i've ever been into was in the boxing ring at 23 years old Mm mm-hmm so <clears throat> learning to rage that out, but then in that that broken rib injury, I had to actually accept, no, I can't do this. I can't even breathe. How am I going to go go for a run or a hike or go do something? I can't even lift up my arms to go get a bowl in the top cabinet. So <clears throat> it was my first time having to ask for help. And then I remember my roommates being like, dude, stop being a pussy. Just fucking grab it already. And I remember like – feeling this upsetness inside of me but even feeling that and tensing it hurt and i was like ah and so from that space that didn't feel very good and so i knew something had so then i swallowed that right and so something had to give for that and you know fast forward to coming out here to california two years ago yoga came and i subsidized boxing to yoga because my back was so injured and yoga I thought was like this little nimsy pansy, mm-hmm. you know, working mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah, come on, this yeah. isn't a workout. This is yoga. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> I took, of course, three to four yoga classes a day <laughs> mm. for a week. Cause I was taking like 18, 20 classes a week. And then I took yoga teacher training and learned how to actually get into alignments and learn how to breathe properly. Yeah. And that was my first time getting into the softer sides of things and slowing down and breathing and yoga really helped me in meditation allowed me to release that anger that I had inside in a safe manner that wasn't pushing myself to points of injury and uh, meditation slowed down everything inside and I got to actually release that and connect to the spiritual power that I had inside and through that experience I was able to shed fears and different boundaries that I didn't know really was there that I had Mm. stored inside. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I got to express that and share in that vulnerability instead of just being a strong person that people could relate to. I could be a strong and a male that can cry and release these fears and pain. Mm. And I found much more power and friends in that community. So that's how I've been able to release all that and be a man that sits here feeling a little less encumbered from from those feelings Mm, that's amazing thank you that's beautiful i i relate on so many levels with that yeah yeah and i still have a little bit of that edge to me it's never has quite gone away but i i find ways to use it you know i still love getting on the punching bag i still Mm -hmm. love training my heart out and um and i find that to be a great vehicle 
where that energy would not be appropriate in almost every other area of my life. Um, so that that's powerful. And it's a powerful journey. Yeah. So, you know, with yoga, I'm curious, like, what does it mean to be a yogi entrepreneur? <laughs> yes. Sometimes I, I, I hear those words and I think, holy crap. I'm a yogi and an entrepreneur. That's wild. Right. And I, <laughs> and I throw those together dynamically because there's one thing to be a yogi and there's one thing to be an entrepreneur. But I sure. love having those together because I feel like as a yogi entrepreneur, I have the, the drive and the dedication and the determination to be free and inspired mm. and to create in the entrepreneurial realm. I, I, I don't like being caged or boxed in into any kind of realm and especially this monetary yeah. Thing. So what I love about entrepreneur is that it, it opens the vehicle to get out of the rat race of money for dollars and hours and time. Mm-hmm. So I love that aspect in creative mode. And then what being a yogi does is it brings the vibrancy of spirit, spiritual enlightenment and transcendence to the game and to the field, which then also provides the level of self-compassion mm-hmm. and um, love and self-care and not just go, 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 drive, 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 work, 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 work. It's honor myself too. Maybe I've been working for however long. Maybe it's time to go for a stretch, go out and walk in the woods, Mm. take that softer, more subtle body energy flow into there, which I think is really important. It's, it's this is the balance of the yin and the yang energy. So that's why I love the yogi and the entrepreneur. Sure. I think that's all that's, that seems to be something that a lot of, (laughs) entrepreneurially inclined people are waking up to like the reality that you don't have to just grind 18 hours a day like hustle hustle crush it crush it right (laughs) like that's still like one of the prevalent messages that is just kind of fed to people on the internet and they see these these highly successful highly established figures that have hundreds of thousands of dollars to put behind facebook ads right Mm -hmm. and and there becomes this constant um, need to to be validated, this constant need to feel like you are achieving your goals, even though some of those goals may be totally unrealistic for where somebody is at right now, which may be in a place where you need to actually get more clarity, maybe crushing it, so to speak, or, or the way that you might crush it is actually to step back. Yes. And to gain a greater perspective <laughs> by the ocean or in a yoga class, challenge yourself, stretch yourself in a way that is uncomfortable, um, you know, possibly in a way that would allow you to be more vulnerable with yourself, more mm-hmm. intimate with yourself. That's what I get from that. And that's why that, that resonates with me. And the people that would be listening to this interview, definitely they're those type of people that have big dreams and they know that they have a purpose and a mission and they're here um, not to be in any kind of straitjacket of mediocrity, right? They're here to do great things. And at the same time, it doesn't have to be as hard as it was for our parents and their parents mm-hmm. and people that were raised in the Depression and, and, you know, from the Philippines or from different backgrounds of potential poverty, right? We still carry those memories in our bloodline, I think. And so what you're sharing for me is so powerful as a as a potential reset <laughs> on the on the system um, and the psychology and then to maybe get clarity on like, well... How do I want to design the game? How do I want to go about this? 
Yeah, and so that's to me when I when I hear you talk about the yogi entrepreneur, I guess that's what comes up for me is like you can have your life and live it too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> can we just have it all? Yeah. Right? Who says that it's one or the other? I love the and mm. in there. Mm. Yeah, and you touched upon a really great uh, point that um, that was a big big thing for me in my uh, evolution here and awakening as a yogi entrepreneur. And, um, yeah, I can crush it at work and how can I crush it while I'm staying still? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I be a boss and not move? <laughs> right. How can I be in a warrior one or a warrior two Ooh. when my body is in stillness and I'm just fine tuning all the little tiny muscles. It's a hundred degrees in here. My mind's thinking, shit, this hurts. I want to be out of here. It's hot. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And how can I stay still? And how can I breathe through this challenge a little bit more, you know? And so, yeah, I love that you tapped upon that. And that's always a great reminder for me and continues to be an edge for me. How can I slow down? How can I breathe and be in the moment a little bit more? Yeah, it's as if the real challenge is not what the challenge would seem like. It would seem like in order to challenge ourselves, we have to speed up, right? We have to go faster, go stronger, go harder, However, if you really actually observe what's happening, especially with the mind, it's most challenged or ego, however you want to think of it. It's most challenged by calming down and slowing down and being like radically present. Right. Right. That's a theme that comes up in the show. There's so many um, yogic practitioners and teachers intermixed throughout this whole podcast series that have this unique and unified perspective, which I guess is the, the, the art of yoga, right? Is how do you become really present to what's going on right now, independent of the chitter chatter of your mind and, and <coughs> getting distracted, right? How can I, no matter what chaos is going on around me, or yeah. at least the perception of it, <laughs> um, but you know, whatever, how can I just be so present in an alignment in myself? right here right now yeah I think that's really just so important and what taps into there is sometimes being present in the chaos that's in here is uncomfortable sure so then my mantra for a while was how can i get comfortable in this uncomfortable how can i look for places to be uncomfortable because i know that's where my edge is and i know i'm going to grow the most and through that evolution of constantly putting myself in those really unfamiliar uncomfortable fearful states i started to learn more and I got those aha moments and I felt like I grew way more through that and then I started to look for those and now those are edges that I'm just always fine-tuning and do I want to go to a party or do I want to go to a place that has a yoga like a sound healing journey instead well that's that sounds way softer and like more of a challenge for me maybe Mm. I need to stretch maybe I need to honor and listen and slow down a little bit Mm. that's going to be my edge so let me go do that instead wow yeah, you have you have a great phrase you shared with me a few days ago, divine discomfort. <laughs> I think we should talk about that. Let's unpack that. What is divine discomfort? Mm, yes, thank you. I'm I'm really stoked that you resonated with that so much. Sure, man. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, just listening to that, this divine discomfort. And you know, um, one of my great mentors, Mike Shubrakov, he had mentioned it. And I love divine discomfort because there's something inside of us that burns, that's always shaking, that's 
just uncomfortable. Mm. And a lot of times uh, we run away from that. Or let me not project on everybody. I run away from that. And um, that discomfort inside wants to be realized. And there's this divinity inside of us that wants to realize our human potential. And it it burns, it shakes, it's like an earthquake, a hurricane or tornado that's constantly molding and melting and being fused together that wants to realize our our greatness. We want to do more, we want to be more, we want to give more. And as we dive into that and we become that, we live a life with more purpose and meaningful meaningfulness mm. I love that divine discomfort mm. that's a great way to recontextualize it I find that our language creates a narrative or a storyline that scripts our behavior mm. right I was just speaking <clears throat> at um, the the story consortium consortium that's how you say that word, uh, <laughs> last night. And it was about metamorphosis. And so I dropped this little download on, on the hero's journey and alchemical transformation, da, da, da. But it ultimately, it was, it was about the narrative that we have in our mind about our life and what that means and our identity and who am I and, and all these things that essentially create rules mm-hmm. that guide our behavior, whether helpful or not. And when I hear divine discomfort, it, 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 it makes discomfort different because when I think of like being uncomfortable, it usually has that like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. You feel it. Once you say it, you feel like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Right. And that can be kind of like a, a perpetual thing, especially in our community. I find like we're always seeking that and, um, but what if we just added that one little divine discomfort? It's like, <gasps> Like I can feel the shift already just just saying that. It's like, oh, wow. So like changing our our narrative, changing the way we use words or even giving meaning to the words I find is really powerful. Absolutely. And and that's what I love about the human language. And Tony Robbins, uh, I just heard him recently talk about watch your TV. Instead of watching the TV on the wall, watch your TV, your transformational vocabulary. Wow. Words have power. And when we say a word, it creates an emotion and our emotions then create behaviors and our behaviors are our our life. Right? So, yeah, watching our transformational vocabulary, just saying, oh, something's uncomfortable. Something's divinely uncomfortable. It's like, Mm. I want to go do that then. I want to be divine. Mm. There's a divinity in me that wants to connect with other divine uh, people and situations and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. It's so important. That's been a big one for me is watching my language and how, how, um, my language affects others and affects myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. You have a great passion for massage and for, for hands-on healing mm-hmm. and for essential oils and, that's actually something that hasn't really come up too much in in the podcast so far. I'd love to dive into that about your passion for hands-on therapy, the power that has like uh, the healing through being touched. Mm-hmm. And and as a society, I find that we have all <clears throat> kinds of inhibitions about that. And I'm sure in your work, you find that you like you're probably able to find through. I think you shared with me like someone this big, this big kind of really strong guy you were working on had something behind his heart and you realized that there was actually something going on with his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. That was a really fun moment in my life. And I love the transition of, oh, this is my work. Uh, I have to massage people and things like that and go get paid to do things. Right. Sure. And now it's my work is my play. Like I get to go play. Mm. And why I love the power of a massage and, and touch is because it's connecting. That's all we want to do. We want to feel connected in this world. And what I love about healing and connecting with people is connecting them back to themselves. Yeah. Because why do we come to go get a massage? Why do we come to go work out? Why? Because it we find pieces inside of us that we have lost. And what I love about um, massage and yoga is like we don't go there to get anything added to us. We strip away barriers. We strip away emotions and, and feelings and we become real and raw mm. and authentic with what's really going on inside. And why I love healing and, and um, <clears throat> I have such passion to connect with people is because I, I want to create a, a container where they're safe to just be them. Yeah. You know, in this life, we, we're always – there we go again, projecting again. <laughs> See, there's my transformation vocabulary. Often in my past, I've – lived in ego and I want to see, I like look to see how other people see me. And then I live my life based on how they might see me and how I want to be shown up and seen. Mm. And so why I love my healing sessions, cause I want to create a container where any client that comes in, whether they know me or not, they're safe. Hang up your wings, put down your sword and your shields. You can just be you just let go of everything else. And what's really going on? Like what's the discomfort? What's where's, um, What's going on in your life? Like truly, not just, oh, what's going on? Oh, I'm good, you know? Like really getting to the deeper layers. And I used to paint when I was younger. And what I loved about painting was I'd go into a room and I'd see just a disgusting area. Crap on the walls and the room was filthy. But then after a few hours of painting, I looked at the place and it was beautiful. White walls and I got to see the gloss finish on the, the corners and the floor was good. And like it just looked like a piece of art. Yeah. And so that's what my healing is. Is like people come into the door and they say, Shh, wherever I am out in the world, I'm sick of being that. And I want to be here and just to find me and just let go and relax. Mm-hmm. And so I get to transform and be the painter. Uh, and we get to co-create this canvas where they get to release and then they leave as a shiny beautiful piece of art that they've always been it's yeah. just a reminder like this is you we got this mm. <clears throat> and so that's what i love about healing and then adding in the essential oils is having mother mother earth with us it's plant medicine you know how cool is it that it's 2016 and we live in a time where plants grow everywhere but these plants grow through months and months of of love and nurture and then they get steam distilled and there's this whole scientific process to it and there's these different qualities and grades and then they get bottled and then they get shipped to the house and and then they just pop up in the door and I get it to a little bottle and oh yeah here's an essential oil right you know it's like it just blows me away how much work and love goes into these and I love adding it to my practice and to yoga and my healing because we get mother earth behind our back look at does it feel to be supported yeah. You know, and now you not only have a divine masculine supporting you, you also have Mother Earth supporting the divine masculine supporting you. Wow. And that's what I love about that, that mm. process and that play. Mm. That's beautiful. And it's, yeah. a great, it's a great self-care practice. Mm. Right Before we hopped on here, you were talking about the the idea of being a, you know, being a strong, powerful man and also taking care of yourself taking care of your body, that being like a feminine quality. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you t- attached uh, 
touched upon that. And you know, when I was dating people in the past, I loved to be with a woman because it would allow me to be in the in the love mixture of the feminine essence. And I could do like I could play around with essential as with a woman because as a man you don't do that. You know, I could cry around a woman because as a man I didn't do that. Sure. I can go and listen to some Bach or some quieter stuff and nerd out on like a, a woman movie or something because a man mm. doesn't do that. Right. You know, and as I've evolved <laughs> <laughs> as I've evolved in my consciousness and awareness here, I I took I took my power back from women and saying, Here, when I'm around you I can be in this woman essence. Now it's like I'm dating myself. Mm. I'm dating the masculine and the feminine inside of myself. So how can I honor my yin and my yang? And yeah, for me, like, taking a shower, then putting some geranium and some um, Melrose and some frankincense on my face, I feel like I have Mother Earth like, giving me a big hug and a big kiss and a big embrace. And I feel more powered and juiced up in my day. I have support from the feminine energy. Mm. And I'm it grounded in my masculine power. So then I feel like I'm showing up in both realms as opposed to just a strong man. Well, that's powerful. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I love this conversation. This is really good. What um, what would you love to share with everyone as some concluding insights for everyone out there that's on the journey of growth, development? upgrading their health um and just everything you know just everything that that people that are inspired by an impulse of of i guess evolution or growth in their own life you know what what would you love to share with everyone out there thank you i'm getting uh antsy and excited to share because okay how much time do we have <laughs> Go as long as you want. All right, so we got another hour here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, touching upon that, um, as we learn and grow and upgrade, have fun, be Mm. playful, be comedic. Don't take life so seriously. You know, I think we're such critics. I know I'm such a critic to myself. I have such high standards, and it's okay to mess up. It's okay to not have your perfect mornings every single morning it's okay to take a day off it's okay to mess up so have that self-love and play and have fun and joke around and laugh at yourself so first and foremost that's the big the big thing that just came up through me there is to to have fun in this life because while we're upgrading and, and wanting to look chiseled and beautiful and and release all these layers let's have fun through that process because it is a journey so that's a really uh a big point that i want to share in the first first segment here yeah that's great yeah you're right that's the main thing i find yeah the more you can have fun with what you're doing the more of it you'll want to do right there's a time limit to our willpower mm-hmm. <laughs> right so we can will ourselves to be the best version of ourselves cosmetically and maybe that gets us through some tough times you know it's important but it's not a sustainable energy source and it's not really that enjoyable mm-hmm. after a certain period, right? Then it kind of wears off and it can become like corrosive. Right. If you hold on to like what we've talked about, that edge, or maybe you have like this this drive to prove people wrong or, or whatever is driving you, 
what if we allowed ourselves to actually enjoy the process <laughs> as we're going through you it? You can do that. But not just in retrospect, <laughs> right? Like, oh man, that was great. But like, what if it's great right now and, and it can be super entertaining as you're going through it? Yes, yes. And that and you hit upon a really big power of that, being aware during the process. Yeah. Elevating our awareness mm-hmm. so that we're aware of how we're feeling and what we're going through and and how we can then evolve out of the circumstance and see ourselves going through it and be like, oh, it's okay. Mm. All right. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Mm. So, yeah. And that's another big part is elevating our awareness. And what is awareness? It's mindfulness. What's mindfulness? It's, it's learning. And for me, and it's learning and caring. Mm. It's like truly caring about other people, about other life, and then caring about yourself, truly honoring our bodies this this human vehicle you know we're more than this human vehicle we're uh, this these spiritual beings and we're all kings and queens and if we start to treat ourselves as a king and a queen mm. we start to eat better yeah. we start to work out and then we start to um work our mental brain and that's that's a big part too it's it's more than just the physical realm of eating and diet and working out yeah. go to the mental gym you know, be a voracious learner. Yeah. I was I was sad when I graduated college because I thought I'm I'm done learning. <laughs> and I was <laughs> I'd realized I didn't really learn much in college. <laughs> and now that I'm in now I'm in the real world, right? In this reality that I create, I'm learning even more than I've ever learned. In this last six months, last year, I've learned so much more about real life yeah. stuff. About about myself, about subtle body energies, about mm. connecting to a human, about being real and sharing in vulnerability, you know? So that's the big thing that I want to share is always learn, always go do something, always um, try to learn something in a day and then share it with somebody. Mm. And so what I want to share with you out there in the podcast world is one of my favorite tools to learn and to grow. And it's called the the Philosopher's Notes. Mm. And Brian Johnson is uh, a magnificent being that follows his purpose and he wants to optimize and actualize wisdom. So that we're getting it in a faster and concise way. So the philosopher's notes, just you uh, Google it and it'll go to his um, his page. He also has an app. But essentially, what he does is he reads a book in like a day, mm. and then he does monkey notes on it or spark notes, which is just a, a little detailed uh, top ten bullet points of what he loves about the book. So he'll have a fifteen minute MP three note, six page PDF, and uh, like a little video podcast on it. And I learn something right away. So instead of when I go run, instead of listening to music, I listen to it a philosopher's note. So I get to go learn about Confucius. I get to go learn about somebody that's here. No, no, you get to write it down. I'm not, right? I'm not <laughs> down right now. And I like I geek out. I love to learn. I love to know why we tick. And so then he has categories on there, courage and purpose and faith and finance and all these really cool categories. And I like to start my day. You know, with a meditation, a coconut pull, and then um, juicing, a little run, and then with a philosopher's note. And then I get to feel into the, what do I want to feel today? What is it that my body yearns for? What's my mind craving? And as I look to those subcategories, something pops out at me. And then bang, I go pop up in that. And then I take one of those and then I challenge myself to share it to somebody in the world that day. Mm. So to wow. learn and then share. To learn and then share. That, I believe, that is the the most powerful accelerated learning tool is like learning something as if you were going to teach it Mm -hmm. but then even taking a step further and actually sharing it right and then that reinforces something where it becomes like an embodiment i notice that when i'm teaching 
um, you know, through whatever, doing podcasts or doing lectures or things like I'm just like pulling things that were deposited years ago that I didn't even return to, but then they come up and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And it, it, it like, it, it, it's not just intellectual though. Like it's a part of me. And so now it's something in me forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I find that, you know, you know, whatever it's reading or it's podcasts or it's, it's lectures or conversations like this, anything that you're looking to learn, and really like master on that realm, you have to share it. You know, all the great orators out there, all the great speakers and, and public educators. Um, I was having this, this conversation with a friend of mine the other day about, you know, I really believe one of our, one of our colleagues and a good friend of mine, David Wolf, I think he's actually, he, there's something interesting going on with his brain that I don't, I think it's unique to him, but it's, it's, it's also, we all have that ability where he can literally skim through a book and then he's like, got it. He got, he literally gets every single principle main thing that had anything to do with whatever he needed to. It's, it's very fascinating. But I also realized like he's also given almost 300 or 3000 lectures all over the world over the last 20 years. And he's voraciously speaking and being interviewed. And it clicked for me. I was like, that's 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 it. Mm-hmm. That's wow, why man. that phenomenon happens with him, and I think of like John D. Martini and Tony Robbins and people that are extraordinarily prolific with their gifting, and yet they're also extraordinarily brilliant in their mind. And they all have a story of not really always being that way, right? It wasn't like they were just gifted. Like, oh, well, dang, (laughs) he got the gift and I didn't. It's actually because they organized their life in a way of giving the gift that the the gift gave back to them. A capacity to, to, you know, I guess learn more and develop their brain in a way to map out concepts where they sound extraordinarily polished and brilliant, but you realize like it's, it's, it it has to be simply because obviously they're super dedicated, right? But that dedication isn't coming from their own ego. It's coming from this, this need to give. And I just recently got that insight. I just got it back listening to you and I'm like, Oh yes. Okay. Got it. So I guess, yeah, I guess that that would be the the bullet point for anyone, for me, my perspective, anyone listening to this is that if you want to up to, if you want to like 10x your learning potential, get on YouTube, get on whatever thing inspires you to share with people, go do a potluck and start getting in front of people, put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and start sharing. Right. Absolutely. Gift and give. And you know, gifting and giving, it doesn't have to be a huge drawn out thing. That's right. When I first started, I was like, well, I can't give somebody to them because I, I didn't spend an hour to make something really special. I, I'm not artistic and I'm not going to write a card. And then I get into my head and then I don't have to get, end up ever gifting them anything. And mm. you know, a gift can just be a smile. A gift can be a, a hello, an totally. eye nod, a hey, mm, I see you. Mm. A gift can be a call. Hey, just thinking of you today, I just wanted to say hi. Just something like that. A, sh- a, a quick text. Hey, you're awesome. I don't know if anybody's told you today, but you're awesome. Mm. Out there, podcast, you're awesome. Yeah. You know, like, what a gift. And that ripple, I can just feel that in uh, like these goosebumps that I'm getting. We never know what one little act of kindness, especially to a, somebody that we don't know especially somebody that we don't know, 
can ripple out to the world. And I heard recently mm-hmm. our act of kindness and compassion rarely extends past our um, reach of friends or our community. Mm. So to go out there and be a gift to the world and people that you don't know and radiate that essence to them, oh, I just love the idea of who like I give to them and then they give to somebody else and then they give to somebody else and then, and then it can be in a, into the other side of the world, that one gift that I just did today, one smile. And you don't lose anything. Right? That's the great part about this. <laughs> and we have to rearrange our, our mental software. Because we, we were we were sold a bad program. It's not that we are bad. It's that our society has, has really done a number on our psychology. It's actually got us thinking that if we give our gift, we're actually losing it. Right? Like, I don't lose, like, the whole information thing. Like, I'm not losing this information <laughs> right? that I acquired. I actually reinforce it. I'm not losing my smile when I get... Actually, I get a smile by giving it. Yes. Right? It's, yes. Wow. It grows. Yeah. You know, one of the yoga, one of the yoga, yoga classes that was most powerful to me was in the class during a Shavasana. And if, if there's no yoga, if, if you haven't done yoga before, you go into a class, you warm up, you go through a flow, you breathe, you sweat. And then at the end is what's called a Shavasana and you lay on your back, dead man's pose, arms, legs out, sprawled, and you just shut down and you just listen mm. and you contemplate and you lay there and enjoy all the juiciness and the uh, one instructor my mentor and i believe this is mike shermerkoff again i love this guy he just always comes up have somebody in your life that excites you and that you learn from all the time another little side note mike shermerkoff thank you and mm. so what he said was that there is a candle that burns in each one of us and sometimes that candle is diminished and sometimes that candle is bright but when you take your candle and you gift it and you light somebody else's candle yeah. It, you see them turn bright and it yes. brightens you up. And this one candle that we have can ignite the candle in a million other candles. Mm. And it does and it never diminishes us. Yeah. It only gets stronger. It burns brighter. It just it's just always there. And how much better does it feel to be a candle that lit a million other candles? That's what we're here for. Right? And we have that power. That's yeah. why we're here. To yeah. light and elevate and to shine. Yeah, it's actually, I, I talk to clients a lot about this kind of thing where um, it's actually selfish to hide and to, to play safe mm-hmm. because you, by devaluing your own worth, you are not allowing other people to extend their gifts to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't realize that ripple effect. You don't realize the people that you can touch through just sharing. And like you said, it doesn't have to be this grandiose, like, huge concept. Like, I'm going to save the world. Like, give me a break. Like, right. it's your, you save yourself yeah. by giving yourself. Mm, Give right. yourself to life. And, and by doing, yeah, nothing fills me up more then when I'm talking to somebody and I see them get something and their eyes light up light and the, the lights behind oh. their eyes go on and it's like you can't help but be lit up. Mm-hmm. It's against that. It's like altruistic reciprocation. Yes. Like, you know, you're you're I think that's the new model of entrepreneurialism. That's why I love the, the yogi entrepreneur <laughs> model because um, it's just that idea that. Being an entrepreneur is not about making money. 
money is a byproduct mm-hmm. of the service you provide. And you just happen to create a business model and a structure, typically over time, right? right? And really, uh, it doesn't start out right away. Um, and you, you create a team and all that great stuff. That's wonderful. But really what an entrepreneur is to me is somebody that is seeking to likely solve their own problems and then finds finds a, um, a structure or creates a structure to be of service to other people and just does it intelligently where it's not like you're just shooting yourself in the foot because we've got to find a way to be sustainable in this world, right? Otherwise, people, you know... People that say, well, money doesn't buy you happiness. Those people are still working jobs they hate. Right. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to – so it's it's just fascinating like piecing all those puzzles together. But again, like even everything I'm sharing at the end of the day almost is like intellectual, philosophical gymnastics. Really what it comes down to is just being of service mm-hmm. in any way you can, right? Spot on. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just lit up just having this conversation with you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that. I feel that excitement and I feel that, that joy, mm. you know, and that and I'd like to flow into that. One of my favorite, favorite quotes um, says, welcome to planet Earth. There's nothing you cannot be, do or have. And your lifetime career path is to seek joy. Wow. <laughs> seek joy. Wow. How can we simplify life? Can I get that t-shirt? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> just to be embroidered and everything, you know. Wow. How good does that feel? Doesn't that just feel lighter? Oh, well, I don't feel, have to it feels light. true. Mm-hmm. Feels like all the other crap that is that is occupied my mind. It's it's irrelevant when put into contrast to that that statement. Welcome to planet Earth. There's nothing you can't be, can't do. Can't and your long-term career path is to experience joy. And even your short-term. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even your midterm. This, yeah, you don't have to hustle and work and crush it your whole life. And then one moment before you retire, you yeah. can smile. You know, this moment, seek joy. Yes. This moment, seek joy. Ten moments from now, seek joy. It just seek joy. Life mm. doesn't have to be so harsh. So, ah. Uh, you know, right. and you touched upon earlier. I think the big part is perspective. Sure, there's you could there's joy in every moment. There's joy in an accident because there's something greater on the other side. There's learned behaviors. There's learned from this moment. There's a appreciation of the moment. Appreciation of my life. There's always there's always joy in each moment, and that's the perspective that we have and the, and the perspective shift that is really. Um, paramount into really living an authentic and joyful life. Mm. Can you give us that that quote one more time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Love that one. So, welcome to planet Earth. There is nothing you cannot be, do, or have. And your lifetime career path is to seek joy. Mm. And on that note... Where can everybody find out more about you, your work, what you're doing? Yes, thank you, thank you, and that's um, that's what I'm striving for right now. My goal for November 25th, my birthday, a big three zero, mm-hmm. is to launch my website. Cool. At that point, so, so by elevated- the time this comes out, that'll be well, well out there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So elevatedawareness.net. I love Mm. net because it's our network. It's our community, our connections. So elevatedawareness.net, and then. on Instagram, elevated.awareness. 
can follow me on there. And then Facebook, Michael Page. And follow you on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been my edge, uh, Snapchat, Michael Page. So I've uh, my... I love to connect in community in a one-to-one small groups, and now my edge is to expand and elevate that out to social media and marketing, and that's my uncomfortable place. So my my challenge to myself is to get comfortable in that uncomfortable realm. So connect with more users and podcasts and people around the world and share the the juice that that I've been learning and all these gifts. Mm. So thank you, Ronnie, for for having me on here. This has been most pleasant. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, thank all of you for listening to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our special guest, Michael Page. Woo. What an incredible conversation this was. I, the principle of just reciprocating or, or gifting your light is, is really, really on point, especially as I'm feeling it right now, because I know that I'm going to take this 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 oomph that I just got this this being a lit up feeling and I'm going to take that to my next client. I'm going to take that to every conversation that I have like it's an energy that I know like is going to fuel me and then that's going to be gifted and reciprocated to every single person I come in contact to contact with. So take that and everything else that resonated with all of you in this conversation and as always we will uh I want to say we'll see you, but I'm such a literalist. Like we clearly won't see that each other. Feel right? Yeah, yeah. But we, but we will tune in together on the next episode. Thank you all for listening and and uh, having me be here to share and to to gift a little bit of my experience. So thank you for uh, being a part of that. Yep. Thank you, Ronnie. Absolutely.